This is episode 336, dated Friday, December the 1st, 2023. You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 336, dated Friday, December the 1st, 2023. Allow me to introduce my good friend and co-host, Peter Alchil. Peter, how's it going? We're doing fine here at Coos Bay. The big game is coming up tonight, Oregon, Oregon State, and we're getting our first major winter storm, something like four inches of rain in the next three days. So welcome to the southeast, sorry, southwest coast of Oregon. As long as it's not snow, Peter. Yeah, exactly. Before we continue, let me offer some thanks to those who make it possible for In Perspective to be made available. We have our media sources. Thank you very, very much for airing us when you do. And by the way, let me welcome a brand new media source to our In Perspective family, the Audible Local Ledger here in Massachusetts has agreed to jump aboard. Thank you very much, Eric Joseph. We appreciate your support. I also want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line because they post in perspective on greeting door 15 on that service. Thank you very much for doing that. Raymond Gay, our producer and editor, thank you for helping us out, as well as Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer. Thank you very much for archiving our programs on my website. All you have to do is go to all you have to do is go to www.brancoevents.com, arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts, click on those, and you will see most of our archived shows from latest to earliest. Merci, Jackie. And I also want to give a shout out to Beth Roth, who listens to our show faithfully. How are you, Beth? As we all know, especially those of us who listen to the news, on a regular basis, and even if we don't listen on a regular basis, we hear about everything that's going on in the world. There is a major crisis going on in the Middle East, specifically with Israel, Hamas, and other parties that are involved in that particular skirmish that's going on. The problems have existed for many, many, many years, decades and even centuries. I don't want to go into them in detail right now. I'll leave that up to our guest if he chooses to. So we have with us back again for another appearance. He's been on before. Jalil Mortazavi from Iran. He's here to help us out with the discussion about the crisis going on in the Mideast. Jay, welcome back to In Perspective. It's a pleasure having you as always. Thank you, Bob, for inviting me. I appreciate it. And thanks to uh, all of your audience. Hello to Peter and everybody else. I'm happy to be here. So before, before we get started, I, I want to comment on something. You know, I've been following the news from a distance, and what I find incredibly sad is that first, you know, this war is so awful. I mean, war is always awful. And secondly, it's really hard to get a beat of what's going on because there are different people with differing takes and different prisms that they that they that they view this issue. And my hope from this for the show is that all of us get our prisms wide, widen a little bit, our lenses widen, we have a better understanding what what what's what might or might not be going on. It's just a very frustrating thing to sort of try to get a grasp on. And so I hope that this conversation will help us 
to get a better grasp. Thank you, Bob. That's all right. Jay, am I correct in assuming that the problems that they are addressing, for, for lack of a better term, have been existing in this world for a long, 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 long time? The anti-Semitism, for example, and other... It's a very complicated situation, and this is why I would rather have you talk about it than, than myself, but I I kind of believe that this has been ongoing since before our time, and, and, and now it's being aggravated for whatever reason. That's right, Bob. In order to understand uh, the Palestinian and the Israeli problem, I'll give you a little bit background and perspective historically so we know where we came from. Before 1948, which State of Israel became to being, uh, before 1948, there was no state or country called Israel. This place called Palestine, as they say in Arabic language, Philistine. And in this area, which was basically before 1948, under the British mandate or colony, whichever you want to call, um, they were, they, they were forced behind that was a British. Now, in that very place, three different groups lived side by side. They all had part of the Holy Land, which was, uh, Jews, Christian, and Muslim. You all know the Christian, the Holy Land there, Jewish land, and the Muslim with the Alexa Mosque. They were living happily ever after, no problem, and because nobody had any more power than the others. Historically, based on what I heard from different Jewish friends of mine that who obviously like the history of this place, and as well as Palestinian scholars, which is uh, well known, and many of them are college professors in the United States. Historically, Jews were happy living with Muslim in this very land, Palestinian, because uh, Christians historically had problem with Jews. Because fundamental Christian believed, obviously, Jews killed the Christ, and so they had some problem. But they were protected under the Muslim community for, you know, historic many, many years. Now, after World War II, oh, before I go on, for example, many of the uh, Jewish leaders came to Palestine for example, one of them that most of you probably will remember his name, Shimon Perez. Shimon Perez was from um, Poland, and he came to this place, Palestine. In those days, was obviously known as a Palestinian country, and he came 15 years before State of Israel born, and he obviously went there and had a Palestinian passport. And then, now, after World War II and the Holocaust, and the Jews convinced European and the British that if they could have a place there on their own, 
so therefore they will be happy and protective. And apparently because of World War II and Holocaust and lots of Jewish uh, died um, through Nazi Germany, of course a lot of other people died, and everybody thinks that the Jews the only one lost life through a Nazi. We have 20 million people from Russia lost their life as a result of this war. And millions of other, even Americans on this war lost over 400,000. This is World War II. But we don't hear about those people very often. It's simply just uh, as Peter uh, mentioned, war is terrible and in war people die. And that was World War II. So then they agreed and the Jews moved to Israel. And they got that land for themselves. And after a while, with the help of Americans, got organized and they decided to expand. So therefore, 1967 war, they took a lot of land from Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. So that, the problem started at that time, 1967. So, of course, uh, Egyptians decided it's just not going to live with it. In the 1973 war, they attacked Israel and got their land back. And at the meantime, they had the peace treaty and Jordan lost a lot of land, and still Syria the same way, Golan Heights, they still under the occupation of Israel. And then they occupied Lebanon, most of it. And the Lebanese people tried to fight it, and of course came to Iranian Revolution 1979. Then the Ayatollah Khomeini obviously decided to help the fellow Muslim, to get their land back, then they organized Hezbollah in Lebanon. And Hezbollah fought this Israel for many, many years, and insurgency type. Then after a while, Israelis decided to leave Lebanon because it was just not worth it to stay there because they keep losing soldiers and all the other. Of course, Israelis fight and kill a lot of people, and so that's what happened. So therefore, then the Palestinian obviously had this small place and they've been living under the occupation ever since. And they had number of different wars and continue on and on. And in George Bush, the father, George Bush, the son, George W. Bush is the only president uh decided to call uh, on both Palestinian as well as uh, Jews that you have to have a two-state solution and that should work out. Because during the Clinton administration, President Clinton did a good job bringing Yasser Arafat, which was the head of the Palestinian at the time, and Prime Minister Ishaq Rabin. And they did the peace treaty they call the uh, Oslo Accord, Oslo capital of Norway, because they started negotiating first there. And came to White House, shook hands, signed the paper, and then obviously recognized that 
you two both should have a state side by side living together. And the Palestinian agreed and they carried on. But the fundamentalist Jews in Israel didn't like this idea. And what they did, they killed Ishaq Rabin, the prime minister, like middle of the Tel Aviv. This is the first time that he did some terrorist activity there. Fundamental Jew killed their own prime minister because they didn't like this agreement. And ever since that time, then obviously man by the name Benjamin Netanyahu came to being part of that Likud party. And they didn't want any part of this. They thought that Israel has to be expanded. And then because they had obviously best war machine backed by Americans. And in America, we have very strong lobby called APAC, American-Israeli Political Action Committee, which is a huge lobby, probably one of the very strong lobby ever from any other country. And America helps Israel every year something like three point eight billion dollars a year. Obviously helped Israel and they gave them all kind of the latest weapon. And so the Palestinian had no other choice to do the fighting because they live under the occupation. They have no place to go. All of their water, electricity, even the food has to be okayed by the Israeli before they use. So therefore, when it came to October 7, and we heard the news, Hamas attacked Israel, killed uh, 1,200 people, and all had to do with this occupation. Now, the, the, one of the things happened here that never we never saw it before, because most of the time, major media and Hollywood here, obviously, is in favor of Israel because run by many Jewish corporation, they used to narrate and give you the soundbite of whatever is happening between Israel and Palestinian. But this time, they couldn't because we have all the other media, social media and internet. They pretty much lost that very soundbite. And that's why Israeli and especially the American got worried that the public opinion in America and Europe in favor of Palestinian, because when Israeli decided to attack and you have a small land there, 2.3 million people living on maybe 40 miles land and Israeli attacked with all these uh, major plane and missiles and killed over 15,000. And one of the things that public opinion changed because half of that people who died, they were children and women. And that somehow created a sympathy. And in Europe and the United States, most of the demonstration was in favor of Palestinian. And that's why they keep asking ceasefire. And the largest one is happening every week was in London. Sometimes as much as um, 500,000 to a million and going around. And so that's why President Biden went, went to Israel. The very first thing he told 
the war cabinet that uh, in 9-11, we got all excited, and then they des- we decided to go after this country, and obviously at the end, we lost a lot of money and a lot of people, but the result wasn't what we were expecting. They said, don't make the same mistake we did in 9-11. So that's basically it, Bob, and historically, this is what was happening, but because of Israeli expansionism, and they obviously are using the American weapon and the money. So they had upper hand and they want to expand and get more land of the uh, same place that they occupied. They wanted more. And that's why Palestinian and Israeli problem hasn't been solved because even though they tried both the American administration as well as others in the Middle East try to, but to repeat this again, when Isar Rabin, the prime minister, Isar Rabin signed that agreement, everybody thought that was good. Arabs uh, thought were excited. In fact, that Arab League, which is all the Arab country, they decided that if Israeli goes back to 1967 border, we will recognize Israel as a country because they haven't. So that's where we are. So I'll be glad to answer any question. I thought give you a little perspective, what was happening, what brought us to this now. And so if you have any question, then I'll be glad to answer a specific question. I have so, one for now, and then I will turn it over to Peter. There was a temporary ceasefire. How come it was only temporary? Well, what happened was Hamas has an office in Qatar which is a small Persian Gulf country, which America has a military base there also. United States government in 2012 asked Qatari government to open up an office for Hamas leadership so America could negotiate with them on behalf of Israel. So, therefore, they had an agreement there to have a ceasefire in order to exchange the prisoners because Hamas has took prisoners when they attacked Israel, about 240, some Americans in that. And they could exchange because Israel has about over 6,000 Palestinians in their jail. This is over the years. And they decided to exchange some of the prisoners. But apparently... Until day before yesterday, they had a disagreement based on how many truck of food supposed to come for humanitarian reason because they agreed originally by Israelis. Apparently, Israelis delayed with that trucks entering Gaza because they had to expect and they had to check every truck. And then all of a sudden, Palestinians decided not to release any more prisoner. And that's how this whole thing started. Israeli version is that Hamas also apparently sent some rocket to Israel, and then Israeli decided to bombard again, and then so far killed over 100 people in the past 10 hours. That's why this whole thing restarted again, although there was a strong discussion going on between the intelligence service of Israel a man by the name David Barnier and our CIA director, William Byrne, which somebody that I know is so well because his background 
He used to be assistant secretary to the State Department, a very known diplomat for many, many years, speaks Arabic well. And so he is in Qatar, so is the Israeli chief spy, and as well as Qatari official. And they try to negotiate, and hopefully we'll uh, back to the ceasefire again. So I, I would like to, you know, as, as I said earlier, we have different lenses that these this these events happen. And I, all of us, I'm sure, agree that this whole thing is infuriatingly, it's a tragedy, it's unbelievably, you know, sad. And uh, But, but I, I do sort of feel an obligation to sort of talk about the, a couple of things that you said, Jay. So let's start with the whole issue of what went on in Nazi Germany. And I'm going to, my dad, well, let me back up. There is a difference between dying in war, you know, you go and shoot an enemy and the enemy shoots you, than what goes on in concentration camps. And the, we all know this history. The, the, the Nazis killed six million Jews as well as other people, gypsies and homosexuals and people with disabilities. It wasn't just Jewish. But I do think there's a difference between what went on in concentration camps and what went on on the battlefield. The next thing I, I, I just, I want to share about my dad. My dad was raised in Germany. He was raised Lutheran. And, and well, when Hitler came on board, he was, uh, he and his family were deported from Germany because according to Hitler, he had Jewish blood, too much Jewish blood. This is the kind of insanity that the Jews were running from. And it seems to me that at least we should honor the, the, the thing that, you know, the uh, Jews as, and, and Muslims to a certain degree have been have been abused and tortured and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and so it seems to me a, a reasonable thing for Jews to have a safe space. Now, the way they handle the safe space is a different conversation, but you know, I, I don't think it's totally unreasonable based on what the, what Jewish folks have experienced that they, they be given some kind of place where they feel safe because they clearly didn't feel safe anywhere else. You know, I don't want to get too heavily down the road, but there were, Several, at least one time when Jews came over here to, for, for asylum and we turned them away. We sent them back to Germany. You know, you know, there, there is a, there is a history that I think is important for us to, to realize. The second thing I want to talk about is the 1967 war. And again, this is a different perspective. I don't know to which extent mine is accurate or, or Jay's. I'm sure there's truth to both sides, but it is my understanding that the reason the 67 war happened in part was the, the Israelis feared with good reason that if they didn't attack first, the Egyptians and the Assyrians would. And, you know, and the, yes, they did gain lots of property, but the Israeli version is they started the war. Again, I, I'm not going to, I, I don't, I don't feel totally qualified to sort of get too deeply into this, but I do. And then here, here's, here's my sort of take on things beyond that. When I was when I was growing up and I was going to school, uh, Jay is sort of right. I mean, the, the the version of history that we got was that these the the Israelis were a, sort of an underdog and they were in an area with lots and lots of of enemies and they they withstood. Not only did they withstand, they they thrived. They they you know their agriculture was was you know great. Their their technology it's it's a very technology based organization and they did this stuff despite the fact or maybe because of the fact that they were surrounded on all sides i think what's gone on since then is for a lot of reasons and i don't want to monopolize too much more time is when is when is israel became more powerful and became more of a of a 
of a of a conqueror instead of an underdog the 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 history that especially younger people paid attention to if they paid attention to history at all and i you know one of the things that i find disturbing is that history uh, young people aren't being taught any history at all at school it seems to me at least not here but i digress so now israel is is is, is more of a of a conqueror than it is an underdog and now you have these two lenses that people are viewing this and it's sort of hard to find a way to sort of you know widen those lenses because what's going on really is is a, is a, is 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 awful and and the other thing I, I i should say is you know what went on on october 7th what hamas did we all would agree was despicable you know all the stuff we don't need to go through all the details it was despicable i i don't you know i don't i don't care what you know what Happened, you know, the Israelis, some of Israelis behavior is also despicable. I, I, but, you know, what, what, what they did, it seems to me inevitable that Israel is going to respond the way they did. I don't think they had much of an option to, to do what, what they did. And now the only thing that we can hope for, I think, in the short term is that this doesn't expand to other parts of the Middle East, which is certainly possible. And, I just find myself whenever I hear this story just unbelievably sad. My elephant grieves because there's so there's so much uh, history that on both sides of of cruelty and so on and so forth. I just wish we we could just put an end to it. But as as Jay said, this has been going on for many many years, thousands of years even. And so I will shut up. And Jay, I I welcome your reaction to what I've said. Well, thank you, Peter. You know, Peter, sometime in this country, and when you see, obviously, the major media controlled with some people, you hear some story which is not true. And if you read, I'm sure you are kind of a person you were read, and you always look for the common ground, which is great. For example, let me tell you a little story about Iran. When President Biden agreed as early as about three months ago to release Iranian money, which was freezed in South Korea, because South Korea bought a lot of oil from Iran, and when they decided to pay, America put sanction of the bank, and they couldn't transfer the money, because it says Iran under the sanction. So that money was there. So when Biden negotiated with Iran to release that fund, and at the meantime, Iran released some prisoner in Iran. Now, most of the major media you talk about, especially from the um, right wing of Republican Party, is as oh, Biden is so bad, he gave Iran $6 billion again. America didn't give a penny to Iran. In fact, it was holding Iranian money based on their saying that's their own money. And I'm glad this time Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, as well as the White House, issued many times and told on the talk shows this was Iranian's money held by South Korea. We just released the sanctions so they could they get their money back. The same yeah. thing. Iraqi bought a lot of electricity from Iran, or Iran about 10 billion. Recently, because President Biden asked Iran not to get involved with this war, and because of that, 
and he released the Iranian money, which was held in Iraq based on American sanction. Now I see all these right-wing talk shows the same way. Oh, this Biden giving Iran another $10 billion so they could help Hamas so it can kill more Jews, which has nothing to do with the issues. That was Iranian money. So therefore, you hear all different kind of stories. But last example I gave you, and I'll give the microphone back to you guys. Historically, Peter, Jews and Muslim have very much things in common. Our eating habit, the same. Neither one of us likes pork or any product from pig. And if somebody dies in Muslim community or Jewish community, they had to bury immediately. You don't hold on just like here a week later to visit. No, immediately has to be buried. Our eating habit and some of our basic food stuff, you know, we never drink milk with our meal. Jewish don't, we don't. We have a lot of things in common. Nobody talks about these things because, you know, that's not a big deal, right? However, if you look for common ground, we have a lot of common ground. But unfortunately, when it comes to war, people die. For example, you mentioned, obviously, the Holocaust. Gypsies, they yep. claim uh, they lost 11 million people. The same way they killed Jews, they killed the gypsies. Do gypsy get that kind of a credit? Of course not, because nobody knows who they are. But in Europe, they have a history, because they just had no influential people in the media to do that. And, of course, that was, the whole thing was horrible. We all know that. But if Israelis assassinated their own prime minister because they made this Oslo deal with the help of President Clinton, and who else would you blame? That was them. They just wanted to have occupation and instead of peace treaty so they can give some of the land back, they could live, you know, two-state solution. Israeli didn't want it. Israeli, that means Netanyahu and, you know, right-wing. If you read Haaretz, I'm sure, Peter, probably you have, Haaretz, one of the very good and liberal paper in Israel, and one of the columnists there, a man by the name Libby, which did an interview with CBS and CNN and BBC, he said, you know, right-wing Israeli thinks that everything can be fixed by force. He said, now we know it cannot. All right, back to you guys. So your, your comment, uh, Jay, reminds me of, 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 a, of a saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Right. So, yeah, the, the, the Jewish folks and Muslim folks do have lots of things in common. And I, I wish that that was stressed more. Unfortunately, you have people, and I think this is true of both sides, for whatever reason, are trying to, you know, to, to, to make things worse than better. I would also remind us all that this has been going on since biblical times from the Israeli perspective, right? I mean, you know, you know, there's, there's a whole history, and I think religion on both sides is really poisoned the well in, in a way that I find disturbing. I, I also feel sort of feel obligated to to sort of remind us all that there are that what what you say, Jay, about this whole prison release is absolutely true. You know that the the, the right wing folks. You know, try to make a big deal of something that simply wasn't accurate. You know, and, and that's part of the problem we find ourselves in this country that 
we, 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 we read stuff from our own bubble and are too scared to go across the aisle and, and read stuff from what other people are saying. And, and by the way, once October 7th happened, the, 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 the assets were refrozen. You know, there, there appears to be some, a lot of evidence that the Iranians, the Iranian government, I should say, to be, to be more accurate, is, is behind the scenes supporting what Hamas is doing. And it's to the Iranian benefit by this theory to keep things roiling and boiling so they can do what, what it is they want to do. You know, they, they apparently are, I mean, what I'm hearing from the, from the Iranian government is, is not good. I, I am perfectly well aware that, the, that this is not all Iranian people. But we got a government there that, from what we, you know, the, the, the basic message here is Iranian government no good. And I don't know how you change well, that. Well, let me, let me explain to you something. That's sure. another narrative that the right thing has really tried to maintain in America since they have the influence in the paper. And I'll tell you why. Obama administration negotiated with Iran for, it took about two years for a nuclear deal. And that negotiation signed, and Iran decided not to or agree not to enrich uranium no more than 4%. And then also the International Atomic Agency will check everything Iran does so they will not make atomic bomb. Everybody's agreed. And then United States government also would release the sanction so Iran could easily sell their oil and stuff in the market. Everything was going well, Peter. Then Donald Trump came. He didn't like the idea Obama made such a deal. He didn't think Obama was good enough. He said, no, I'm going to dismantle this and they have to come and negotiate with me. Iran decided not to do it because, after all, already been negotiated and five European countries undersigned this and the United States. Iran decided, no, we will not. The agreement as it is because Iran was doing exactly what the agreement said. Now, Biden administration tries very hard to bring in Iran back and Iran now has 60% uranium in reach. Iran said, well, you obviously decided to pull out, and Trump thought that he could bring in Iranian to their knees, but that didn't work out, did it? That did not. So that's what I'm saying. This whole thing, the way that they say in this country, just like I I gave the example that, oh, yeah, you know, America gave $6 billion to Iran so they can help. In this October 7, Iran or any other Iranian proxy, had no idea this was going to happen. President Biden said it, that according to intelligence report, Iran had nothing to do with this. In fact, that the Iranian said, we just learned these things. They support Hamas. They said that. They said, we support Hamas for independent. They don't deny that. They say we help Hamas, we support. But this was Hamas's fight. They had no idea this took place because they kept it so secret and that's why this whole thing went. And even the intelligence service that Israeli claimed they have the best, Mossad and the CIA, they had, they said that our intelligence service failed. You know, one of the former Israeli uh, intelligence director, man by the name um, Hanie, 
He said that unfortunately they succeed, but we just had no idea. Our intelligence service failed. So, I mean, they don't tell you these things. That's why the most public who don't follow, I mean, I read 20 papers a day from all over, but how many people do you know? Because I read it because I have a show to do. I have a show on YouTube. I have over 12,000 subscribers on YouTube. And Instagram, I have over 2,000 subscribers. And in the Facebook, I have over 5,000. So I have to read a lot in order to give the perspective because most of my listeners obviously intelligent enough. If I screwed up, they always correct me. So having said all of that to you, the Iranian government, that they think it's bad. Why? Because they're independent. They had a revolution. And then so they wanted to do their own stuff. And Israelis would like to be the only force in the Middle East. But that's not working. Why do you think the public opinion now against Israel all over? Why do you think TikTok all these years they decided to publish Osama bin Laden's paper, that terrorist? And in that paper, which was originally published on Guardian, I believe right after 9-11, yep. he said that the reason we attack America because you support Israel. Now that paper that was there and TikTok decided to republish that. Why? They tried to give the message, not the narrative. Peter, you know more about this thing than I do. The Obviously, in the uh, social media became so powerful, everybody has access to check everything. They don't just follow. Why do you think the network no longer has the audience? When I was going to college, I'm sure you probably remember this, Bob will remember there was a time we had three networks, NBC, CBS, and ABC. Then Walter Cronkite speak, and he said, whatever Walter said, it has to be so. But now, at that time, 40 million Americans used to watch Walter Cronkite on CBS. Today, all three networks together, they probably have less than 20 million people watching. They don't. Because there are more options. It's more option in internet, social media, you know, that's what I'm saying. Things are changed. That's why people today, everybody has their own network. Sorry it took me so long, but I... No, no, I, I think it's fair. I, I do want to comment that you talk about Haaretz. There was an interesting piece that I saw that essentially said there are plenty of folks in the Israeli intelligence who, in fact, said, hey, we, you know, there, there is, there is stuff happening. We, we, we better raise our defenses. And the folks in authorities said, no, no, we don't want to do that. We don't believe it. So there, there were, there were aspects of the Israeli intelligence that said, hey, we got to do something. And the, the, the Netanyahu decided not to. And the basic tenor of the, of the Haaretz piece was, Netanyahu should have known and did nothing. And, you know, that doesn't excuse what happened, of course, but it does make me wonder, you know, a little bit about, you know, and speaking of all that, you know, it, it, it's probably just, it's, it's not, it's, I'm not being conspiratorial here. It's just a matter of, it's hard for, for people to, to change their views. It just is. So if the, if the, if the, if the view is, you know, Hamas is Hamas. They're a pain in the neck, but they're not going to do anything major. And that's been the way for 20 years. When, when countervailing evidence comes in, people are much less likely to, to take, to take it seriously. The same thing happened with 9-11 here in this country, right? You know, there, there were, there were intelligence sources who said, Hey, we better do something about this. And we didn't and to our, to our peril. 
So it's complicated. I think, but I do think there are elements in, in, in the Israeli intelligence who in fact did know what's going on. And in fact, the defense minister, as I recall, was, 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 was shouting about this behind closed doors. So I have a question and I know Bob, but at some point we're going to throw this open to the. Yeah, well, in a couple I'm, of minutes, I'd like to get our participants. Yeah. So I, but I, I have one question. I'm, I'm curious about your take on this, Jay. President Trump, just before he lost the election, talked about the Abrahamic covenants where Israel began to uh, formalize relationship with certain small Arabic countries. And that was already happening behind the scenes, but it sort of formalized it as I understand it. And before the, the war, the current war that's going on here, the Saudi Arabia was, was working with Israel to say, Hey, let's, let's, let's try to strengthen our relationships as well. And, and the theory among some people here, I'm sure you've seen this is, that part of the reason Hamas did what they did is to stop those kinds of negotiations because they, they feared that they, they become less, less relevant. So what are your, what are your thoughts about the, you know, all this, the Abrahamic, Abrahamic con, uh, covenants and what, what was going on behind the scenes? Right. Abraham Accord, which started Accord, by, sorry. Yeah. right, by Trump. Three three nine nine seven one two. Hello, Jay, you still here? I, I, yeah, I'm here. I had to shut that up. I should, I forgot to turn it off. Sorry about that. That's okay. All right. Anyway, that Abraham Accord started by um, uh, Trump, his son-in-law Kushner, which apparently he did very well for himself dealing with Saudi Arabia. He got two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. And they they said that he gave that money so Kushner would invest in America. So they they got rewarded, and uh, Kushner uh, will get twenty million dollars as a result of that every year, whatever investment that would be. So it's, you know that Trump is a what do they call him a, a transactional presidency? Is always yes. have to do with the money, but what he can get out of it. Iran had problem with Saudi Arabia. Just give you a little perspective. Saudi Arabia was fighting with um, Yemen, Houthi people in Yemen. Iran was supporting that. So they had, obviously, they cut the diplomatic relationship for about seven years. Recently, as early as a year ago, that China broke the deal. This is something that is unheard of. Usually America is supposed to do. China broke the deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia because China is, has friendly, friendly relationship both with Iran as well as Saudi Arabia. Now they back to, you know, normal relationships as they did in the past. However, they were trying to get Saudi Arabia to Abraham Accord. According to Prince Mohammed, which is running Saudi Arabia, Mohammed ibn Salman, they call him MBS, he said it on many occasions, the last interview he did with Fox, he said, yeah, we they told them that as long as Palestinian issue solved, if it does not solve, we won't be able to have any relation with Israeli. They talked about that two-state solution because that's on the record. And uh, Israelis thought that, oh, yeah, Saudi Arabia wouldn't care for that. We'll just go ahead. But that didn't work out yet. And that's the, the last thing they were supposed to bring in. Because Saudi Arabia 
in the Holy Land for Muslim and Makkah. So they think that if they could get them on the Abraham Accord, and that means that, you know, the rest of the Arab country will go along with it. But that didn't happen. And they also insist upon Israeli should go with two-state solution. But the fundamental Israeli people, the, the one that Netanyahu and others as well. And by the way, one more thing about Israel, which nobody, not very many people know. Israel is the only country over there has no constitution. The only thing they have is Supreme Court to check these things. Now, Netanyahu was trying to get rid of Supreme Court's power. That's why this whole year, every week demonstration against the Netanyahu is one of the reasons. And the other reason is Netanyahu apparently had some trouble with, did something in order to get some money and he had some facade issue and he's supposed to be, I guess, next week back to court again. And most Israeli things that Netanyahu continue with this war to keep him away from jail. At least that's what the issues the Israeli papers writes, you know, the uh, Jerusalem Post as well as Haaretz. This is the paper that I read. All right, sorry about that. I could, but Bob, no, no, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate the comment. Bob, That's okay. I do want to allow our participants to come in and ask questions about this topic. First of all, let me thank Marcy for spending time with us today to be our host. Thank you very much for that. It's so, a pleasure. We do have a couple of raised hands. We have Lynn first, let's followed do it. by Leonard. Okay. First of all, Jay, you are absolutely right about a lot of what you say. I, I was a Middle East intern in 1983, and what the rabbis that I spoke to at that time about the Middle East said, they called the occupied territories Judea and Samaria. It's a biblical thing. Yeah. I also think that in 1948, the British mandate screwed both the Palestinians and the Israelis. I think that's um, true. I think that, that, that that's really the truth, and I think that that's what happened. They divided the land. Israel and the Palestinians had nothing to do with it. They really didn't have any say about it. And I think that's really a shame. And I think that as a Jewish person myself, I agree, by the way, Jay, that Jews and Pal- Muslims have a lot in common. I've gone to a couple of Muslim talks in when I lived in Anchorage, and I really believe that I don't see any way out of this because, as you said, when they killed Rabin, it was a very bad thing. And I don't see any way out of this because... Israel sees it so differently than the Palestinians, and the Palestinians want to get rid of, or a lot of the Arab states want to get rid of Israel, and Israel wants to decimate and and cause genocide on the Palestinians. I think it's a horrible thing, and I really appreciate Bob and uh, Peter doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn, I'm I'm curious about something, Lynn, before you go. What's your thoughts? Because what I I occasionally hear is, Of course, the, the Israelis are treating the Palestinians terribly. You know, there's no right. question, you know, with, with right. the sanctions. But the problem is the Arabs aren't doing much better. I agree. Uh, I don't, and, I mean, know, you know, we talk about a lot of these things about not having a constitution. We discussed that yes. with an expert from Israel and my Jewish Arab group. So we've discussed a lot of these issues. And I think that, you know, I, I wish people would, would, would have, would get more educated about this whole issue because I believe that the British mandate and the biblical, you know, because, you know, Israel say self-defense and they, and they, and they couch it in that, in that kind of language. So I think it's a very difficult thing. Okay. I agree with you, Lynn, everything you said, definitely. You and I will have no problem to get along. That's why the trouble is they don't want us to get along. I think that's true. 
I think that's a large part of the problem. The leaders on both sides want want to keep things stirred up. By the way, the same is happening in this country too. By the way, but We're I divided I, I just like they yeah. are. And who do you think's benefiting from that division? Leader, the leaders are the leaders are because yeah. no, none, none of the people are none of the civilians who are being slaughtered on both sides are are, are winning. It's, it's really a shame. Thank you, thank you, Lynn, and I appreciate the work you do in the Jewish Hour. Keep it up, Leonard. Yes. Isn't it true that Hamas has been, their main motivation has been to run Israel off the map, to destroy Israel, and they've made that statement several times and they still haven't changed it? Well, you can, when, when you start fighting, Hamas claims that all of their land under the occupation of Israel and the little place that they are, they're also under the occupation for many, many years. And just consider yourself that you live in some place as a house, and obviously you have no control over your water, electricity, food, and you have no way to go in and out of that place. And so original history, they say this is our land. Now we are under occupation. So the statement like that, they made it. But you and I know that statement alone. Oh, yeah, they're trying to wrap up, get rid of us, kill us, and all of that. Because that's the narration that, so when in a fight, you say a lot of things. But the actuality, the Israelis don't want to go back to 1967. Even Arab League, 22 country, they said if they decided, Israeli decided to go beyond the 1967 border, they all will recognize Israel as a country. They'll have a relationship with them. But did Israeli government do that? No. Tom Friedman wrote an article about it. He, th- he thought that that was the best thing could happen to Israel. Tom Friedman is a columnist in New York Times, Jewish himself, know the area well, and uh, he thought it was a good idea. But Likud party, that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, didn't want to be any part of it. Leonard, to answer your question, the answer is yes, in, in my opinion. And uh, this, this, this raises the, 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 the issue, that statement that's been thrown about, you know, I can't remember what it is. From the river to the sea, Palestinians will be free. I may have that slept. I may have that wrong partially. That, that statement to me is wildly offensive. And, and I, I, you know, I am no fan of some of the stuff that Israel, Israel is doing there, but that kind of a statement, it does not help anybody. And, and, you know, I don't know what to say beyond that. I find that statement really disgusting. I agree with you. And I also agree with the Israelis have a lot to, to account for, but if somebody's holding a gun to your hand, to your head and they're saying uh, they're going to shoot you, what choice do, do you have? Well, but, but again, Jay, Jay, Jay did say, and Jay has a point, you know, a, a lot of stuff gets said in, in situations like this that's, that's unfortunate. You know, uh, you know, just look at what's going on in this country. Some of the stuff that's being said on both sides, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just chat being thrown you know, at the wall to see what will stick. Pardon my cynicism, but I think that's part of what's going on. Nonetheless, uh, you know, as, as somebody, as I said, I have a bias here. My, my dad was kicked out of Nazi Germany because he was raised Lutheran and was viewed Jewish. You know, I, I don't, I don't find those statements helpful. I just don't. But I, I do take Jay your point that you know, given what's been going on, and given what is, is some of the stuff that Israel is doing, people are going to be are going to be you know militarized. I, I, I can't think of the right word. Uh, it's going to happen. But boy, that statement is hard to swallow. <clears throat> 
Okay, Marcia, are there any other hands raised? We have about another. Yes, sir. We have about four minutes, and we have two hands. We have a phone number six eight two ending in five nine seven. Please. Hello, this is Calandra. Hello, Calandra. Um, hello. I was wondering through all of this warring and stuff like that with Israel. Um, they haven't gotten a chance to spend any type of Christmas holidays or anything like that, have they? I mean, they don't have any leisure time or. Well, I would, I would remind you, Calandra, that Jewish folks don't ser- celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Hanukkah. And Jay, help me with, with Islam. They don't celebrate Christmas either, do they? they celebrate no, Sunday. they don't, but the Christian community do. That's true. Right. That is true. And then, then uh, but, but, but they're going to lose, Peter. They will lose lots of holiday visitors because they used to get millions of them every year to Bethlehem. That's not going to happen. I agree. It's really, and Kalanda, your point is well taken. War, you know, cuts through all holidays and, and it really is awful. I, I, I wish it, you know, what do you say? I mean, war is awful. And your point is, but I just want to make sure that we all understand that Jewish and Muslim folks do not celebrate Christmas. For me, that's important for us to, you know, we Christians do, and that's great. They don't. That's also great. Okay, we have time for one final participant. I think we have two minutes left, Marcy, so you can let us know who it is. And that's Nora. 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 Yeah, hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. I'm glad to be here. The reason I raised my hand is I was thinking about when in biblical terms, way back, back, way back when our former president Trump have an issue, right? like uh, some kind of a uh, building or something that, that, that he, uh, some kind of embassy, I can't remember the name of it. Our Christians thought it was wonderful that he did that. I forgot the name of the building. I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, but I know we've been very supportive to Israel in so many years. And I'm not sure what to Anyway, I'm glad we were, but we are. And what do you think about that the building that, that there's some kind of temple or something that the President Trump uh, initiated to have built there in Jerusalem? They're in Jerusalem, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, we're out of time. So, uh, Jay, unless you have a final quick response, I'm going to have to wrap this up. Well, obviously, to talk about these things takes hours and hours, but I thought we'd give a little perspective so people would know where the things are. And then I was hoping that at least to uh, give some perspective so that people could follow the rest, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of this story throughout the different media. And we do appreciate you coming on, Jay. Jay, Jay, you're really awesome. I appreciate you taking time. This is not an easy Thank you. We'll have you back in the future. Update us on everything. We appreciate that. Thank you very much, everybody. Next week, we're going to have a sort of a Christmas show. We're going to have Alice Massa back with us. She's an author of a holiday book. She'll explain all about that next week. And I want to thank Peter, of course, our participants, Marcy, Jay, everybody involved with our program today. Go safe with God's abundant blessings and have a great week, everybody. 